The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. If you have thyroid eye disease and itchy eyes have you itching for a fight, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. On the November 8th edition of the PFF Forecast, we've got our usual, our hit, the three questions that we're going to hopefully answer by the end of the weekend. We have questions from the dark web, a special trend zone at the halfway point of the season, and then uh, some Super Bowl odds and some game picks. Let's rock. I'm just glad you're not wearing that stupid shirt from a while ago. The dance is fine. The little, as long as you're not wearing the shirt. That's what all. percentage of my shirts are acceptable? Ten. Ten. It's not bad. So, in a two two week stretch, I wear acceptable garments once. Yeah. You wore like fuzzy pants to the gym the other day. Uh, and did I perform admirably in <laughs> such a situation? I I try not to look, to be honest. I didn't want to hurt my eyes here. Oh, man. Okay. Let's start. Speaking of not wanting to look, week 10 of the right? NFL season. Nice segue there. <laughs> okay. Uh, our first question. What will be the most entertaining, terrible game this weekend? Go. Uh, yeah. I mean, so obviously we'd like Detroit-Chicago as a pick. Uh, so that's one. What? Uh, but I actually think Washington Tampa Bay will be compelling. What about you? Compelling and rich. I'm going to go with Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Yep. That's a good one. The reason being is that Blake Bortles and Andrew Luck should be very excited. Wait a sec. No, no. The reason is, is that Leonard Fournette's playing. There you go. <laughs> you say running backs don't matter. And then when Jacksonville beats Indy because Leonard Fournette came back. Because of Leonard Fournette, yeah. Yeah. If their defense the duels Marlon Mack. If their defense shuts down... Andrew Luck, because of Leonard Fournette, then it will be uh, a, a feather in the cap of the running backs matter. And then the second one, I'm not even sure this is a terrible game, but the spread is double digits, so we're going to go with it, and that's Seahawks-Rams. Seahawks have been absolutely getting pummeled by the Rams of late, so it'll be interesting to see if they can get it together. Those are my two, but there'll probably be more. Buffalo? Buffalo should be entertaining. Buffalo versus the, the, the Yets. Well, you know what? The, our model doesn't seem to think so, um, but I do think the Jets have a better chance of winning, and our preseason over six wins for them has a better shot with McCown. So oh, I, hope they run, sure. I hope they run through McCown a few games I here. was so mad because obviously we thought it was going to be Darnold beating of the week, so when the model runs, it has Darnold in there, and we had the Bills you know pour one out for me right now it's just brutal because they got a better quarterback and the bills still suck okay next question which double digit underdog has the best chance of actually winning i'm guessing you're gonna say the cardinals yeah my kansas city chiefs known for uh this is the first time the chiefs have been favored by this much since 1992 great the patriots were uh quarterback by scott zolak yeah that's when you graduated college right Jeez. okay all right well they didn't cover that game, so <laughs> trend zone. Uh, no, I, you know, to me, I think uh, I do think it's Seattle at 
at you know, at Los Angeles last year in the same game. That was our lock of the week, right? And we liked Seattle. A lot of things have changed since then, but I don't necessarily think that Seattle should be a 10-point underdog in Los Angeles. Um, one that's also sneaky to me, this is I had this written down when, when there was a chance that Tannehill would play. I think with Osweiler in there, though, uh, I don't think Miami really has a chance at Lambeau. I agree with you. It is sadly not the Cardinals. I want to say the Cardinals. I really do because I don't think they're nearly as bad a team from a talent perspective as they are from a performance perspective. I think Rosen's decent. David Johnson is good. You know, they've got Larry Fitzgerald. They have some weapons. It's not going to happen. I'm going to In a world where defense mattered more, you could say, oh, the Cardinals' defense is actually pretty decent, right? Yeah. And they could slow the, the Chiefs down. I was just – th- yeah. That just it's wouldn't not ha- gonna it's not happen. happen. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So I will, I will agree with you on, on Seattle. I do not think Miami has a chance of winning this week. Okay, we're going to go – our third question is going to be picking the spread for three actual games that are exciting that happen next week. So we're going to go with Green Bay, Seattle. That's Thursday night. That's Thursday night. That's in Seattle. Then Philly at New Orleans. And then the Monday night game in Mexico City, which is Kansas City. So basically, Kansas City at Los Angeles and the Rams. So let's start with Green Bay, Seattle. You think the spread will be what? Um, you know, I, th- I think it'll be Seattle minus two and a half. Ooh. Interesting. I'm going to go Seattle minus two. Okay. So, so if these games this week, if this game was being played today, what would the spread be? I, so I think if it were being played today, it would be Seattle minus three. I agree. So that's where I'm. That's where my angle is. I think there's a legitimate shot that Seattle gets blown out by the Rams, and I think that I think that there's a better than legitimate shot that that the Green Bay writes all their wrongs against the Miami Dolphins, and hence like the teams are going to be going in different directions, and they will, uh, you know, entice the the batters with the hook on Seattle. All right, Philly, New Orleans. I'll go first this time. I'm going to say New Orleans will be favored by five. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. Uh, Philly this week gets Dallas, right? New Orleans uh, gets Cincinnati. Um, I think both teams roll, so five's a good number. Thank I, you. I would probably thank you for your service. I would. Um, I'm trying to think of where I'd probably put it. I probably I probably even go more, but I think five's a perfect number. Thank you. The perfect number. Wow. I'm gonna quit now. See you guys later. Kansas City. Versus Los Angeles in Mexico City. I'll let you go first here. Uh, it's going to be Rams minus two and a half. We already kind of know because they've already hung this number know, a few times. But but I think Kansas City's better than when they first hung this number. And I think the Rams are maybe a little worse. Not Obviously not bad in any stretch. But I think the difference is less than what people thought when they originally... Open the market. Yeah, here. I don't disagree with you. I'm going to go Rams still minus three. And if you were so obviously we're doing good on time here. If you had to pick a side in that Monday night game right now, just to win or versus the spread. So if we said it was three, yeah, three ATS. Which would which would you do? Uh, I would have to. I would have to take points and Kansas City. That game, to me, is going to be a lot like the one that the Rams just played in New Orleans, where the first team that doesn't score a touchdown on a given drive behind is the immediately ball. behind the eight ball. The, 
that that game is so close to me, and I I just don't see that big of a difference between the Rams offense and the Kansas City offense. And I similarly, as bad as the Chiefs defense is, I don't care about the defense. Right, I don't think the defense is that appreciated. You can't better. go into this game like you know what one of these teams is going to get stopped. Right. So if their offenses are even, I think that I think that the the disparity in defense is trivial so i I think it's more of a close game here's the one thing i am curious about will the rams have some sort of home field advantage i don't know this but being a los angeles team i have have no idea what mexico city is like in terms of fans i have no idea how many people travel for this game i don't know if this is like a destination for the the kansas city faithful or if you know people in la are going to be gung-ho about going to los angeles i doubt or going to Mexico City. I doubt that. I heavily doubt that. Uh, but it would be interesting to me. Okay, so that'll be fun. Here's the best part about the game. You know what the best part about that game is? Test. Test. Wit. Wit. Bug. Bug. I wonder if I wonder if Bug will recommend them hand the ball off to Eric Dickerson more. No. Uh, what the Chiefs, this should be Larry Johnson and Priest Holmes. The Chiefs need <laughs> the, the Chiefs Dickerson. need to run play action to Larry Johnson, throw the ball down the seam to Tony Gonzalez. They really need some Jared Allen Ed pressure in this game. Uh, the Rams just really need to get back to Jerome Bettis in this one. That's a wow. That's what they need. <laughs> All right. Well, Jim uh, Everett needs to stand tall in the pocket. We'll look forward to seeing what these are on Monday night. Of course, remember, we have a podcast that we do it's on Monday night, Sunday night, Monday morning. So if you're on your way to work on Monday morning, download, listen, disagree, hate, do what you got to do. All right, questions from the dark web. You ready for this? All right. Good yeah. question here. Brought to you, us, of course, by Sampo Ranta. It's a sparkling water for men. Finally. Fine. It's about it's about darn time we have a, a sparkling water for men. And Sampo Ranta wants to support all of the men who love football by giving us a new flavor every single week. And this week, the Sampo Ranta flavor is upside down pineapple cake with a hint of poverty. Because when you don't work, you don't make money, and that's how you get poor. But Sampo Ranta can make you feel a little bit better about your upside down life. When you're feeling immensely replaceable. Replace your bottle of Sampo Ranta. With a new one. profit, yeah. Question from the dark web comes from R.B. R. Rusulis? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I have a hard last name, so I apologize. His question is, can you explain what determines hardest and easiest schedule? Uh, Is this overall specific to position? Blah, blah, blah. So the first thing is most people do strength of schedule really incorrectly. They just look at win percentage which is a really bad way, first off, because it's such a small number. So you can have a win and a loss you know, be determined by a point, and it goes down as either a win or a loss, right? And that doesn't necessarily tell you that a good... It doesn't give you a good barometer of strength of schedule. So we have a better method. Yeah, so when we talked about this before, our PFF ELO system basically takes PFF grades and talks about what the score of the game should have been. And as George said, we don't just call things wins or losses. We give basically a share of a win or a loss to a team. Um, and then that up- updates the ELO score. And sort of what we're doing is basically looking at both the teams that the that team has played and the teams that they're going to play, and we average their ELO scores. And so like when we say – what's really interesting is when we say you know this team has played an average – a schedule full of Miami Dolphins so far this year. I, th- I do think that that does sort of talk about you know the strength of schedule here. So, for example, we're going to talk about Chicago and Detroit later. D- 
Detroit has played basically teams with 20 more ELO points than Chicago. So that's like the difference between, you know, playing the Rams every week and playing uh, the Bears every week, you know. And so it, it does put things into perspective. And football is such a small sample size game that, you know, you can see teams like the Bears leverage an easy schedule, teams like Houston leverage an easy schedule, get off to great starts and find some value there. So uh, that's the way we do it. You can also do it based on defense. We have a defensive metric, offensive metric, quarterbacks, all those things. You can do that, obviously, but we like to use like the total team metric, which is our ELO system. So that's what we're doing here. Yeah, it's pretty simple and it works. And strength of schedule is a tough thing to do because you're looking ahead anyways. And, you know, so this is the best way that we found do and i think it makes the most sense so when we talk about strength of schedule we're not using some crappy strength of schedule all right next up trend zone this is brought to us by print bomber jackets because apparently they're very in i don't know if you're aware of this i have not seen you show up in a print bomber jacket yet but i anticipate in about 20 more years you'll have one uh yeah i mean uh, it, you know i want to up my my uh, garment game to 20 percent uh in the shahuri metric so uh, if, I, if I'm going to do that, I need to get a bomber jacket. You're for sure. need to get a lot of things. All right. <laughs> Our trend zone comes to us courtesy this of uh, Joe Osborne at JTFOZ. He, if you are looking for some fire trends, he's got you covered. You ready? Uh, the just... favorite is 4-1 and one against the spread in the last five Thursday night football games. And the over has hit in five of the last six. So... Head to mybookie.ag and start printing some money. The total has gone under in seven of the last eight Sunday night football games. We have Dak Prescott on Sunday night football uh, this week. So, mm, interesting. welcome. The road team is 10-2 and two against the spread in the last 12 Monday night football games. So, it looks like Eli takes the next step this week. That's very exciting. Interesting. Um, so, profit. You have nothing to add. No, there. I. You know, uh, it's really. It'll be interesting to see Dallas and then Philadelphia go under forty three. It would. Be, it would be something, especially with Amari Cooper, who's changed that offense. I thought he looked Miles Austin like in that nineteen. He really did. Did you see? I mean, did you watch the game? It was their offense was so much better with him. Well, it makes sense now that they traded a first round pick. They were just Amari Cooper away from contending for a can, Super Bowl. Can the running back stands like? Did we just ignore that game? Like we want this, so the whole thing was like, oh, the Rams are now two and six when Todd Gurley doesn't touch the ball twenty times. It's like, see, they finally lost the game. It's like, well, obviously X and Y are yeah. being interchanged here. And then we watched that Monday night game where Dallas is six and a half point favorites against Tennessee, which is not Steve McNair's Tennessee. And Ezekiel Elliott is a non factor in a game that was mostly close. And the running back running backs, you know, running backs matter people are like, nothing to see here, nothing to see here. They were bad last year without Zeke. Alfred Morris sucks. It's like, I don't know. It's just a, kind of a Rule funny. number five, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Stavsky. You're going you're gonna to lose the boog moniker soon. If you guys, you guys can't see it, and if you're listening, you really can't see it, but uh, our producer, Matt Stavsky, actually sits in a high chair that goes around the studio. And uh, despite the fact that it, all of his fingers go relatively straight. You were going to use the safe joke as I was going to use. <laughs> has, has a lot of boog in him. A lot of bugs. Matt can put on a glove, which is like. <laughs> I, so I can't hate. So I can't even hate on Witten anymore because Witten is trying. He's intellectually honest, I think. I feel awful for him. You're not going to turn down all this money. Like someone goes and they're like, hey, you want to get paid millions of dollars to watch a football game and talk about it? I'm like, yeah. 
like I don't care if I suck. I'm going to make this money. And he's just out there trying, and he just isn't very good, and I'm, I feel bad for him. Boog thinks he's phenomenal, and everything out of his mouth is flaming garbage. Did you see the, the Taco Bell beef fountain? No. Oh, you didn't see this? So it's a, like a chocolate fondue fountain that is just Taco Bell beef. And I'm convinced that's just a basically what comes out of Booger's mouth. It's hey, Booger Mom! during Monday Night Football. The meatloaf! We want it now! <laughs> The consistency of Taco Bell beef being able to put into a fondue is, is really something, fun. right? But that's booger on I Monday mean, Night the, Football. The fact it that never stops and it's <laughs> awful. This dude told the Dallas Cowboys they needed to run, play action to Emmett Smith, and throw a deep in route to Michael Irvin to the guy who I believe has the all-time Dallas Cowboys record for receptions. Yeah. <laughs> like unironically, and of course this speaks to like the fact that I think Witten isn't a complete idiot, right? He's not. He he comes in, he's like. Um, I'm right here. You know, it was, just, it was, it was an all time great MNF moment. Yeah. That game was really special. They were talking about how, um, the new offensive line coach was going to bring physicality back to the line and they're just getting bum rushed by this Tennessee defense. Harold Landry. I mean, Jarrell Casey, like these luminaries in the defensive if you line. Just sat down with people and explained to them, Hey, like here's what you can expect to matter. Just don't be an idiot. It, things would be so much better. The best part about that game, though, that summed up that game and what Dallas Cowboys are, is they have run on every first down for the entirety of the game, right? Establishing the line of scrimmage. Listen, if you it can't win working. on the scoreboard, you can win in physicality. <laughs> Clearly working. So everyone, even the booth, is like, hey, they've got to, they can't run again on first down. So you know what they do? They go empty. They go empty because you got to trick them. Gotta <laughs> they should have run a quarterback draw, to be quite frank. <laughs> yes. Kept the streak alive. <laughs> Let's go empty. Let's do it. Okay, we're going to head into uh, some game picks. We'll sprinkle in some Super Bowl odds Boom. with the game picks. These the, game picks. It is so light this week, right? It's so a we have to be a week. This week is also basically the Taco Bell beef fondue. When's the last time you had Taco Bell? Um, actually, I remember it okay. distinctly. So this is a good question. I'm going to. I'm going to let you answer that in a second. But the follow-up to that is this week has a bunch of crappy games. So mm-hmm. what is the best crappy fast food? And then when is the last time you had it? Uh, okay. So the best crappy fast food is Taco John's Potato Olays. I don't even know what that is. Okay. Well, I know that. Does you, that exist? Yeah. They're great. They're terrible for you. You die a little bit every time you have them, but they're okay. great once a year. Is that a name of a place? Ta- Taco John's is a place. Taco John's is a place. And potato Olays are tots that, are, that have Mexican seasoning on them. Wow. So, I mean, they're terrible for you. But where does Taco John's exist? Is this only middle in... Middle of the country, maybe? I, I grew up in the boonies, right? I grew up in flyover country. So maybe that's why you don't know. All right. So for all the for all the people that have no idea what Taco John's is, can you pick a fast food place that maybe someone's heard of? Well, so the last time I had Taco Bell was when my my wife was having our second child. How do you not have a my wife (laughs) hot button here? (laughs) My wife (laughs) and. And we were coming back from the hospital because it was like a false alarm. And we were both kind of dejected and we both took the day off of work. So we're like, ah, screw it. I w- so that my, my second daughter's four years old. So that'll tell you how long it's been. 
I wish I didn't hear that story. It's I mean, okay. Four years is good. How many how many times per week do I eat acceptable food in your in your estimation? I never see you don't eat food. You don't bring any food to the office. You, I have you, I have lost some weight. For sure. Well, you've been crushing in the gym. I have been crushing in the gym. Yeah. Eric goes to the gym with me every single day. And that's how many pounds have you lost? Uh yeah. My column. <laughs> We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody. That's how I used to look. You're not you haven't written a column about the like ten pounds you've lost? No, because that's a personal issue and no one cares. Actually everyone cares. That's all people care about. Anyways, uh let's let's go into the game picks brought to you, of course, by mybookie.ag. It'd be prudent, be smart of you to open up mybookie.ag if you can, if you're not driving, and uh, you know, play some wagers because as soon as the information gets out there, people are gonna snap up those numbers. So you want to head to mybookie.ag. It is the best place to get your football bets down, or if you're watching basketball, or if you're watching college basketball, whatever it is, on a random night. Uh, mybookie.ag has got you covered. You can do everything from individual player props to season-long stuff, so Super Bowl odds, the whole deal. So head to mybookie.ag. You can use promo code PFF to get a dollar-for-dollar match on your first deposit. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. I use mybookie every single week, and so do you. So, uh, look, I would not lead you astray. Eric might, based on the shirts that you would wear, but I would not. Yep. I would not do that to you. So use promo code PFF. Head to mybookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Very simple. Okay, first game to talk about. Let's talk about the Thursday night game because that's the only good game this week. Carolina goes into Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was a four and a half point favorite at one point yesterday, I believe. Now it's- they are a three and a half point favorite plus one hundred. So money coming in on Carolina. It's not a pick that we have at PFF, but interesting to note that that is a that is a trend. Certainly the better the best game of the season. Uh, sorry, best game of the week. Jeez, uh, maybe the best Thursday night football game. Ah, uh, no, we had Rams Vikings. Okay. Uh, here's my question to you. Which team has the advantage from a quarterback offensive play caller combo standpoint? I mean, if you would have asked me going into the year, nope, I would have said. I'm asking you now. <laughs> um, Taco Bell, man. <laughs> By the way, my answer to that question is Taco Bell. I think Taco Bell is the best of the crappy fast food. You would have to. I would have to have eaten both of my hands before I would go to McDonald's. And Burger King is slightly above that. Uh, Wendy's is like two standard deviations above that. Wendy's and Carl's Jr. certainly well above that. And then Taco Bell, you just brace yourself and you prepare for what's going to happen in about 30 minutes. And you just eat some of the locust tacos. is what it really is. They're great. I I love Taco Bell. (laughs) I haven't eaten Taco Bell in a very, very long time. So... I don't have any kids though, so I can't. I would give, I would give the edge actually right now to the Panthers in that question. Wow, you got a question right. High five. I get all the no Good job. The teacher's wrong. No, that, that uh, was. The, I thought you were going to say the Steelers because you love Randy Fitcher. I do love Randy Fitcher. North Turner has turned over a new leaf. Pun intended. Uh, I've been getting a lot of hate from my podcast performance here, and that's not going to help me out. But oh well. Cam Newton is playing better than Ben Roethlisberger this season. He has a 120.8 pass rating from a clean pocket. That's up almost 30 points from where he was last season. He still has some of those issues, right? Like a glaring overthrow to 
<laughs> McCaffrey about three yards downfield. Those still happen, but that offense is worlds better, and Cam Newton is playing way better. Um, it, it's it's weird because it's not the big stuff, right? So he has the same amount of big time throws as turnover worthy plays. It's the play to play stuff that he has traditionally struggled with. And what I think it is is that you know their offense. When you put Greg Olson, who's a top, what, three tight end in the league probably, mm-hmm. uh, and you pair him, you know, Funches is a good player, Curtis Samuel is a good player, DJ Moore is a good player, Jarius Wright, the former Viking, they're all like wide open somehow. And then obviously you have McCaffrey out of the backfield, CJ Anderson's a nice little runner. So the crazy thing is their offensive line isn't good, right? It's the same like caliber of an offensive line that the Vikings had when Tor- Turner got fired in 2016. So. It's 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 un, it's weird, but I do think that this it, to me the answer to the question is the Panthers because of Newton less so than because of Turner versus Fishner though yeah. because Roethlisberger, even though I think he almost died on the field the other day, but he is you know Roethlisberger. not played particularly well. <laughs> I wish relative he did. To him. I don't wish he did, but doing a eulogy for Ben Roethlisberger would be. I mean that dude that dude special. displayed on the field for ten minutes. NFL NFL like the. Uh, I would have needed a moment to go into the back, into the bathroom, and just collect. And NFL Red Zone, like basically had his funeral. Josh Dobbs comes in, zips a twenty-yard completion out of the back of the end zone, and Ben Roethlisberger like hops up and is ready for the next play. So that's probably what did it. If Josh Dobbs came out there and pulled a Landry Jones, he wouldn't have been ready. Here's the thing: so we talk about this all the time with Cam Newton. Cam Newton provides so much on the field that isn't often measured well. Rushing, for example, right? We know that running as a quarterback, design runs by the quarterback are massive cheat codes in the sense that expected points per play, expected points added per play, they dominate all of their design runs. And he does that. He does that better than anyone else, right? So for Cam Newton, you just hope that he is an average passer. And last season, he wasn't. Only Watson and Kaiser threw a higher rate of uncatchable throws than Cam Newton last season. He was at uh, 24%. He's at 17% this year, which is actually in the upper half of the league. It's not great, but for yeah. Cam Newton it is, and that's the thing right. that people need to understand. So I, while we don't have a pick on this game, uh, I would lean taking the Panthers and the points, though I don't feel I think if it gets down to three, it. I disagree. I would probably take the Steelers it's at home. It's not three, though. If it got to three, okay. I would. And then the over-under— three and a half, has, where would you take The it? over-under has dropped to 51, in which case we would lean over. I would always take the over. What do I look like? We have an under this week. Uh, at three and a half, I, I wouldn't pick the game, but I would lean Panthers. But it is minus 120, so it's just probably a Thank no Thank you for play. your service. All right, Detroit-Chicago, the Lions going into Chi-Town. Uh, anytime that you can take the Detroit Lions and talk about Eminem, you got to do it. Yeah. They're getting I mean, six and a half, seven, depending will on Will they ever looking. snap back to reality, the, the, these Lions? Nope, not going to let you have okay. that one. Sorry. Uh, they are seven-point underdogs on mybookie.ag, so I recommend that you head there immediately because that is the best number that I have seen thus far, and I believe it's minus 110. At seven, at six and a half, either one, the Lions are the pick here, and but let me, let me give you a little uh, Trubisky magic here you ready for this trubisky so i'm curious i'm going to tell you a few things about trubisky and most people will say oh this means matt Nagy is really good and i'm curious what your take is on this so the bears are 12th in epa per drop back per pass on passing great yeah on passing plays that's great trubisky has the worst pff grade per drop back 
Okay, so that means the process is leading to the bad process is leading to good results. If you have watched one single Bears game, you know that Mitch Trubisky has not been good. He has seven turnover-worthy throws. Those are throws that should be picked off because they suck. A couple of them in that Patriots game that have not actually been picked off, which is tied for the fourth most. Um, and he has thrown the highest rate of uncatchable passes so far this season at 27%. Remember I told you Cam was 24? He's 27 this season. He's sucked. Now, does this mean Matt Nagy is great? What is your takeaway on this? <laughs> no, I think the Bears have played the third easiest schedule in the NFL. And despite the fact that they're... I mean, I don't think Nagy's terrible, but we've also seen situations where, like, for example, in Green Bay in week one, they have a couple brilliant drives to start the game. And then much like Brad Childers when he was the Vikings coach, once he got off script, he had, you know, no answer uh, for a defense in Green Bay that I think is probably average uh, and and hence uh, sort of goes down the tubes. Same thing, New England, right? They had a great start to the game, didn't do particularly well down the stretch. Um, you know, the teams that they've beaten up on, and, and there's a, an honest-to-goodness question as to whether or not the Lions fall in this category, but the teams that they've really beat up on are the Tampa Bays of the world, the Bills of the world, and the Jets of the world, right? So the question becomes, is the Detroit Lions, are the Detroit Lions decidedly better than these outfits? Because if they are, I think that they're able to cover this touchdown spread easily. I agree with you. Uh, <clears throat> if the entire NFL were fast food joints what would the bills be oh gosh uh i'm not going to use the the reference that came immediately to my head because it's nebraska chain and it's horrible runza if you're a nebraska uh, i'm going to tell you what it's going to be but but you know what it is it's skyline chili the funniest thing is neither one of us have ever had skyline chili but the but the people that have told us like hey you're moving to cincinnati have you ever had skyline chili neither one was like no they're like don't how much would i have to pay you to eat skyline chili Uh, legitimately if we raised money i think one hundred dollars i was gonna say you'd do it for a (laughs) hundred i know you would <laughs> okay, so we have the lines in this one. I don't think there's a whole much else to say other than people are overrating Mitch Trubisky because the stats look good and his process has been crap. Matt Stafford is better than Mitch Trubisky. The Lions just got killed. They're a better team than that. And everyone's going to talk about defense. And defense does not matter. matter. So, so here's a question about Detroit because I we're do think... Still t- we're still talking about Detroit. Yeah, because we, this, is, this is one of the, the, le- the rare compelling games this week. When you have a new coach in Matt Patricia, regardless of what we think about the situation, two consecutive games where you were beaten soundly at home by Seattle, you were beat out of a bye, you were beaten soundly by the Vikings in a kind of a fluky game. The Vikings had 19 pressures and 10 of them became sacks. It's kind of weird. There's a motivation factor here too, right? It's much like last year when we took the Lions in Cincinnati. No, no. This is a repeat of week three. This stinks to high heaven if we do. The only difference is they're on the road, but they're playing eight. Yeah. Right. Like these teams, these are professional players. Darius Slay is a great player. You know, uh, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay are a great receiving duo. I know, I know, uh, the Riddick, carry on my wayward son. Your guy, Golden Tate's gone, but I do think that this is a prime spot here. Golden Tate has now ascended on into heaven. So my list of players that I have the most respect for, Danny Amendola was very high on that list. Danny Amendola is no longer on that list. I've erased him from that list. Why is that? You can, you can Google it. If you don't know why Danny Amendola has been okay. expunged from my list, he's an idiot. A moron. 
You, you can okay, Google I, it and you'll find out. But that means Golden Tate has ascended <laughs> to number one on my list of players that I have the most, the utmost respect for. Um, so it's sad to see him go. But anyways, take lines, get the points. All right. Uh, that was, man, I'm, that was a really bad. That was a really like, welcome to Vegas, let me take your order type of thing. Uh, the Lions as underdogs are a good bet here. Okay, what about Atlanta at Cleveland? Our Falcons, four and a half point favorites near Lake Erie. You know, the birds flying over that thing. What do you think? I have a, my opinion is that the Falcons defense um, is awful, as everyone else's uh, opinion is. And my second opinion is that that does not matter. The Falcons offense, I think, is you, I think you can make the legitimate case that they are the best offense in the NFL. Now, that wouldn't necessarily be the case that I would make because I think the Rams and the Chiefs are up there. But uh, how, how much different are the Falcons than the Chiefs? This is a great question. Not that different? Because the, Fal- the Chiefs came in to, to uh, this you know, Brown, Cleveland Brown Stadium were eight point seven got eight, to eight and a half eight and a half point favorites browns were browns had just lost you know got a new coach we know that the, there's a bump that first week okay yeah but if it's greg williams it's a bump back down i mean ho- yeah right and then well, how do we not have Ch- that on the button bar and the chiefs uh the chiefs like i'm not gonna make you bleep this out don't worry the chiefs defense the is probably every bit as bad as the falcons the c gap <laughs> Chiefs is every bit as bad as uh, defensively as the Falcons. Falcons offense probably not as good as the Chiefs, but probably close enough. I, I, I think that a lot of that is simply the perception, right? Mahomes has taken the league by storm, and he has been fantastic. But the Falcons offense, like Matt Ryan has not been Pat Mahomes for sure. But the offense is doing just as well um, yeah. after that week one game. So I think... That's a great way to put it, right? The Chiefs come into Cleveland. They're eight and a half. Is there really a four-point difference between the Falcons and the Chiefs? I don't think so. I think it's more like two, two and a half, and our model agrees. With Denzel Ward, questionable. I think if he doesn't play, man. Denzel Ward, by the way, has been really good. Yeah, he's great. I mean, the Cleveland Browns defensively, once they get somebody in there, I think they'll probably Here's a fun nugget for you. Uh, Denzel Ward in press coverage. 23.8 23.8 pass rating allowed. Robert Alford in press coverage, <laughs> 158.3 he's pass rating allowed. All full. I think I think he's been injured, and and I expect Isaiah Oliver to continue to play for him. Um, all right, let's move on to Indianapolis. Andrew Luck versus Blake Bortles. Marlon Mack versus Leonard Fournette. A generational talent off. The Colts are three-point favorites. We actually like the Jags here. Um, you have to lay a dollar twenty to bet the Jags plus three. Yeah, which I don't love. Yeah, I, don't. I mean, this is what the math says. I often disagree with the math. This is one where I have a real hard time with it. Um, what do you think? Both teams coming off of a bye. Both teams three and five. Obviously, <laughs> the the Colts have the better quarterback, despite what people I don't know were trying to tweet at me the other day when they lost in London and Bortles played okay and they still lost. Uh, so yeah, it's tough. Uh, I do think I do think that you have to look at this and say, okay, is it a, more than a field goal game on either side? What what does it take for the Colts to blow somebody out? Right. Here's what, I mean. So here's the thing that worries me about this is that I I do think that the Jacksonville 
I hate to talk about defense, but the Jacksonville defense has some players that can actually turn bad decisions into points on the other side of things. Yep. And there has not been a single quarterback who has done more for opposing defenses than Andrew Luck. And he's actually been really lucky so far this year. No quarterback has had more turnover-worthy throws that did not end up as an interception. Um, let me see how many he has here. Uh, nine. And if you count nullified plays, he has 10. That leads the NFL. Um, so I think there will be some chances for the Jacksonville defense. I can't speak for the Jacksonville offense. Yeah, and you just never know because like we saw again with them against the Patriots. We saw that with them against even the Eagles to some degree. Blake Bortles can be a representable quarterback at times, but you just never know. He often puts his team like he did against Houston, which is a game that we had. He often puts his team in a position where they don't have no chance. Yes. Okay, next game you want to talk about. These games suck. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Monday night as our last game. That's the last one you want to talk about? I, I mean, do you want... Let's, let's go rapid fire here through some games. Okay, so Giants at San Francisco. San Francisco is laying three points against a Giants team off of a bye. Niners, coincidentally, also off of a bye, having Just, beaten Oakland last Thursday. <laughs> so... <laughs> Our numbers like the Giants. Matt Stopsky's favorite team, the Giants, finally get to. We've we've only backed them twice this year. We backed them in Houston. They won outright. We're going to back them here against the Niners in Santa Franta Clara. What do yeah, you think? George? Nowhere near San Francisco. Right. Millions of miles away from San Francisco in a little town called San Jose. Nick Mullins played well. He did not play that great. Um, the stat sheet will obviously say that he was fantastic, but his grade in that game, eh, it was it was sixty nine point two, nice average. And Eli Manning has not been great, but I think him and Nick Mullins. I think it's hard for me to really argue that Nick Mullins is a way better quarterback than Eli Manning. And uh, yeah, I think this is a nice opportunity to take a team like the Giants, who suck, but the Niners suck. As well. I mean, this is a this is a classic, right? The Niners were this way last Thursday night. You're a team that's not trending in the right direction, but every once in a while, you have to put a ga- to get together a game that makes you look like a real NFL team. That's what the Niners did on Thursday night. That's what we think the Lions will do on Sunday, yep. uh, and that's what we think the Giants will do today. Ruben Foster is questionable, questionable with a hamstring. I can't imagine they are risking anybody given their state. Jaquiski Tart also a big part of that defense. So you know. Saquon in the passing game should continue to have success and maybe uh, look the Niners are not a great team at getting a ton of pressure so hopefully Eli can actually find Odell running scot-free over the also Raheem Mostert who is the next generation of rapid fire talents we are we crush rapid fire next game Seattle Los Angeles Rams this I think has moved down to like nine and a half yeah Um, we had it at 10 I think we still have it at nine and a half so yeah, so we like the Seahawks here. This is hard. I think the Seahawks are a better team than they were the last time that they played the Rams. Would you agree? Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, for sure. I think they have more confidence. I think they, they're doing more things offensively that, I, that are positive. Their receiving core is way better than... I think if they run care. that stupid curl, fly, whatever concept, I'd... People are going to make fun of me, but I get so angry every time they do that. It just is horrible. The one where he threw the pick six to Penny, I'm talking about Russell Wilson, and he threw a pick six on it this last week. Well, the first time they were trying to own the libs by 
putting the generational talent out on the, on the left and running a curl with him. Yeah, no, I, I mean, they're, the thing about the Seahawks is they're not as big of a disaster as, as everybody wanted to tell us. They've also played some disasters. They've also played some disasters. The how, how much are the Rams exhaling this weekend after and having got, played three straight road games and then a, a home game against Green Bay and then a road game against New Orleans and then this, a road game against Kansas City? Is this a game where they just kind of get through it? That was my point. I think this is a trap game. All right, so we like the Seahawks. Narrative there. City. Yep. Uh, Sunday night. <sighs> what a game. The Dallas Cowboys go in to Philly. South Philly. Philly is a seven-point favorite that has uh, gone up. I believe it was six and a half to oh, open the week. Oh, they're set. Okay, yeah. Um, we did not like the pick at six and a half. We do, unfortunately, like the Cowboys. Uh, the math does getting seven, which I actually think is the right side to be on. But given what I've seen of the Cowboys and what I think of some of the decision makers there. Man, it is hard to side with the Cowboys. Jalen Mills, doubtful for the Philadelphia Eagles, might be a good Ooh, thing for that them. Helps them. Yep. Um, yeah, man. I bigger issue is that Lane Johnson is questionable. Yeah, he is going to play, but that Dallas's defense is extremely good. Right? You talk mm-hmm. about the press coverage numbers. Byron Jones is one of the best. Is the best in the league yep. at that. He's the mo- He's the second most valuable, third most valuable non quarterback in the NFL per our WAR metric so far this year. There's redeemable parts about Dallas. The hard part is is how do you come off a short week where you got manhandled by the Tennessee Titans at home as six and a half point favorites? I mean that's going to be tough. But they are professional football players, so who knows? Yeah, I, I will take the Cowboys if I must, and if I don't have to, I won't worry about this game i'm just gonna go to philadelphia and enjoy uh some food i just live in the dream (laughs) exactly that's me it's actually a very hard life i have to travel a lot and um i don't get to see my family uh and it's tough so you know it's not all great but i have started researching places to go in philadelphia i'm not sure i'm gonna go cheesesteak to be honest with you i love a good cheesesteak but like the night before when I actually have to like get up in the morning and talk to people and be coherent, I'm worried about it. Niners Chargers Super Bowl that bought tickets to. How's that going? Niners Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the Super Bowl real quick. So the, the four favorites obviously are the Chiefs, the Rams, the Saints, and the Patriots. The Chiefs are sorry, the Rams are the prohibitive favorite, three and a half to one. And so a lot of people are excited about the Rams. They're a fun team to watch. They're an LA team. They want to put money on the Rams. There's really no value on on the Rams at all in terms of the Super Bowl because of how high their odds are. So if I'm betting the Super Bowl right now, where should I go? I think you go to the other three teams. You go to uh, New England at what appears to be five to one. We have it up, them at about a twenty percent chance. There's some value there. New Orleans five to one. We have them uh, similarly about nineteen percent chance. Kansas City five and a half to one. We have about a sixteen percent chance. So those are all values you're simply not getting enough to bet on the rams right now yeah i mean all those teams we have relatively close and the market has the rams considerably ahead of those other three teams um so i i think it's a it's a no-brainer if you're looking for some super bowl odds right now i think the patriots have um are going to give you the best value uh i mean you basically have if you're going to bet the if you're going to bet the rams right now you have to 
basically believe that they are a one in four shot to win the Super Bowl, which means that they are be- they have a better shot than all three of the teams we mentioned, plus the rest of the league that could come in and be a Cinderella. So, speaking of Cinderella, if you had to pick one Cinderella team, who would it be? Oh man, uh, I don't know if they qualify as a Cinderella, but the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that was what I was going to say too. They, they Cam Newton has well. it in him, man. Cam Newton's a like people say this the wrong way, but in the NFL, where one team wins the Super Bowl, being a front runner is actually like Cam Newton's a front runner. He correlates these things together, and I do think that if he got if the, that team got a super hot, I think they he could carry them to a Super Bowl and win. And and to me that that's a good. My other choice would have been the Chargers. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with a real long shot and the Falcons. I love it. Uh, they get Deion Jones back. They do. Their offense is as good as it was in 2016. Yeah. Uh, and I think they're, you talk about front runner. I think the Falcons are a much better team when they have nothing to lose. That's right. Than when, similar to last season. Similar to when they played in the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, they had nothing to lose. And then all of a sudden, they had everything to lose. And they lost it. And I think they have an opportunity to uh, have all their sins forgiven. To your point. The market has them at 45 to 1. That implies about 2.1 odds. We have them about 2.5 percent. So, uh, percent, yeah. And so. But we would have them at 40 to 1. The market has them at 45. Right. So you should. There is some value on Atlanta. Atlanta is the one dark horse that there is value on. So if you're looking for a little money to make a lot of money, bet on the Falcons. That's actually just the American dream. That's right. With that. God help us all. We are out of here. We'll be back with you late Sunday night because we have, uh, we're the hardest working people here at PFF. And you can listen to us on Monday morning. And, of course, check us out at profootballfocus.com. Hit up mybookie.ag to make your weekend that much more enjoyable. Peace out.